Keep your finger on the pulse of the financial industry with Finteract, an online community of forward-thinking financial advice professionals. Finteract is your digital hub to stay on top of trends, start conversations, connect with fresh perspectives, and gain valuable insights from peers. No sales pitches, just a collaborative, members-only community to help you maintain a growth mindset, inspire others, and learn new ways to propel your business forward. Apply to join at Finteract.net. Welcome to an industry in transition, the must-listen-to podcast for financial advisors and industry leaders from Tony Sirianni, the CEO and publisher of Advisor Hub, where we explore the week's news and events and put our ever-changing business into perspective. Tony is joined each week by industry leaders, mavericks, and disruptors who give their take on our industry and their thoughts on where we are headed. If you want to remain relevant, you can't miss it. Now, here's your host, Tony Sirianni. Welcome, everyone, to another edition of the Tony Sirianni Podcast. I am thrilled to have John Tyers, who's the president of Finet, with us today. John, thanks for being here. Great to be here, Tony. Thanks for having me. So I'm glad we have you because there's a lot to discuss, right? I mean, th this has been a real volatile market for the last few months. I mean, we're, we're doing this in, in uh, the end of June, right, 23. So it's been sort of a, um, uh, we have inflation, all these things advisors are dealing with. Uh, and as far as the marketplace for our business, the sort of the M&A world, you keep thinking that COVID, you know, uh, election cycles, uh, markets going on, something's going to stop the movement of advisors between firms, but it, it hasn't seemed to. I agree. Um, it's not slowing down. And I think this year, more than any other, has probably made me realize we're in the kind of the early stage here of, of big firms getting bigger of medium-sized firms growing inorganically to hopefully one day themselves be able to call themselves big firms. And yeah, yeah there's a, it's an exciting time on the whole M&A front. So I was thinking, and I, I looked at it in terms of innings. I'm like, you know, we're still like four and a half, five innings. I mean, there seems to be, a, you know, room to grow here. I think so. Yeah, there's, it seems like month by month, there's yeah. more, um, more money coming in, more sources of money coming in. You know, it's either you know private equity firms that we've all seen that list of private equity yeah. investors in independence grow in the last you know five years. It continues yeah. to grow. Um, new deal structures seem to come around, and like a lot of things in in our industry, they pick up steam kind of slow. Yeah. But once they get a little bit of you know momentum behind them, others start to hear about it, and you know now you've got people sitting in full service wirehouse seats that are hearing the story about the person in their neighborhood or in their city that's, you know, built a business now that's 25 million in revenue and 20 advisors and they want to do that. So well, I mean, that's, that's going to keep going. So, you know, 10 years ago when I first, you know, got into the space, I, you know, people were kind of burned out because you had equity in firms like Citigroup and, and they, you know, Smith Barney went out of business. These places, you know, the equity wasn't really that important, even though you can get equity in a new firm. And then they started uh, using equity to recruit a little bit. And um, advisors were like the cobbler's, you know, uh, kids who had no shoes, right? They, they, they wouldn't, they weren't taking their own advice. They weren't doing the due diligence they needed to do because when it turned out, some of the equity deals worked, but some of them didn't because they were so highly leveraged that advisors kind of got stuck in places and I think today, it, it, that equity piece is just it's part of the conversation. 
and and they're and advisors are asking better questions about this whole notion of enterprise value sort of you know taking off. Uh, enterprise value is probably the you know, the two words that yeah. I think the, the the whole industry of advisors is really you know just fired up on and excited about and the like the entrepreneurialism is coming out when you hear wow enterprise value I can actually go out there and mark to market and all these you know these great pricing services people think they um, really understand the value. Uh, but I would say, you know, I I think there's advisors that are doing it right and they're thinking about if what the future might look like and who might be the provider of liquidity when they want to uh, take some chips off the table, either in part or in whole. But I also think there's other advisors out there that are sort of getting caught up and excited about, you know, just being able to find liquidity. and. Um, you know, they're not asking the right questions. Yeah, right. So they're not asking the right questions. But they're at least asking questions now. I mean, honestly, five, you know, was 10 years ago, they weren't even asking questions. It was just like, okay, you know, I don't care. And then five years ago, they started to see some of these deals were working out and some, you know, some some weren't. And I think equity has a sort of a, a larger definition. I mean, I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but equity can mean you're a partnership, you're in partner with a firm. It could also mean you own and can maximize your own equity. You you can you maybe find a partner that will invest in your firm, help you grow. I mean, that's a form of equity, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. And we're seeing that as, as I'm sure you are, where you've got um, partners, outside investors, uh, minority interest, that's their interest as a, as a minority interest. And they know now if I've got a minority non-controlling interest in you, we're both interested in making sure we grow smart and we grow at the right rate. And, and then, you know, a lot of these minority investors might have, um, you know, just insights that would allow a firm to grow that they wouldn't necessarily pick up if they were on their own. So for sure. Yeah. yeah that's, that seems to me to be the trick though, with this minority interest thing. If you, <laughs> you take a minority interest and a guy's, you know, I'm, I'm not making, I'm almost 60, a guy's 63 and he's, you know, he just he he wants to have a, a lifestyle practice now, and he's not not growing. That's not a good that's not a good investment. You know, you want to you want to invest in somebody and have the tools to help them grow. You would think, right? So in that ecosystem, that's why you know there's a difference in my mind between these you know deal people and business people, right? So a lot of M and A people, and you know, these they're just they're just deal guys. They just want to do a deal. Versus a business person like you, right? You're you want to invest in the business. You have a long term vision. You want to see it grow. Taking these minority stakes and not helping the advisors grow, I don't see how that's a good good deal for the deal guy. It, I, it, it's not in my mind. It's not a good deal um, for the deal guy. Uh, it's not a good deal for the advisor in the long run. I think because you you still are going to have to one day find that ultimate succession or the ultimate exit if you. Right care about the valuation that you've created over time, you know, that like in my mind, that's, that's the sort of the legacy building wealth is the, the real enterprise value that these advisors have in their business. Um, and I think clearly firms are doing it right. We spend a lot of time uh, talking with firms about optionality around this topic, right? It's not simple and there's, there's good ways to do it. And there's probably, less uh, thoughtful ways to go about trying to um, grow and think about enterprise value. But yeah, it's, um, and you know what I find is that uh, business owners that wanna grow 
those that want to grow inorganically, they welcome, you know, the insights, they welcome yes. talking to other practitioners that have gone through the journey. Um, and it's really a fun conversation too. I mean, it's a fun part of the industry. Well, when, you know, um, when advisors have a real entrepreneurial mindset, then, then, then everybody's aligned, right? They, they, they make good decisions, you know, business decisions, you know, based on that. There, there's an element of guys, I, I feel like they get, um, you know, socialized by the, the large, you know, uh, you, you know, wirehouse type firms, things where the mentality starts to become, it's like that sports mentality. When you say it's a game, I say it's a business. When I say it's a business, you say it's a game. There's that challenge, you know, back back and forth. But when you're sitting in, in a model like yours and you're both in an entrepreneurial bent, hey, we, we have the capital to help you grow. <laughs> you know, we're not, we, right. we can make this happen. Yeah, no, we, and from our standpoint, we see the minority investor, right, coming in and helping him being a partner. But the, the side of this that we love is when, we can be an investor behind growth. And for, for us, what that means is, and like, I've been here two years now. And when I, when I first sat down with the first practice that was using our capital to help bring on their next advisor to increase their enterprise value, like this light bulb went off for me. Right. And I just thought, wow, what, what a proposition this is. And so when we love that business, right? Like, and, and who wouldn't, where you, have a firm, you know they know how to grow, they know how to run run their business. And then from our standpoint, we can come in and help them add that next advisor, open that next office, bring the next team in from the competitor. Um, well, I would call that, you know, that that's a strategic partner in my mind, right? And there's a lot of ways to go. You go to a bank, you yeah. go to a, a firm that's going to lever up. But the best way to do it is somebody as a strategic partner that, by the way, understands how to pay. That's the other trick is trying to explain to one of these deal guys who just got in this business that, you know, we have to pay people to come over. And this is more of a baseball team than a football team. <laughs> you know, they could leave. If they want, they don't right. like it. Right. So we have to build, you know, business value, too. But when you have a strategic partner, you don't have to have that conversation. Strategic is very different than financial. And right. the, the, you know, the whole financial partner piece, it can be great. Right. Uh, but strategic is very different. I, whenever I think about this business and I think about the financial partner aspect of it, I don't know about you, but we we have dogs in our family. Yeah. And you'll hear them. You'll hear mine barking soon. Soon. All right. Well, I don't know about you, but like for, for a while, we would take our dog to the local vet and you'd get what I would say is pretty good service and they'd come in and make recommendations of what your dog might need. As soon as we started taking our dog to a vet that was part of a PE roll-up, like there was nothing that they didn't want to do to our dog. I mean, we'd walk in there <laughs> for a nail clipping right. and I've got a, you know, I've got a Deworming. suggestion of things they want to do. And I just think you need to be careful on the financial side of what the motivation is right behind the firm you're dealing with. And that's going to come out to the advisor and it's going to come out to the investor if people aren't careful. You know, I have a consulting business and I always tell people, I said, you know, with with money comes compromises. You, you got to compromise if you're going to take take money. It's much less of a compromise with a strategic partner because you're already doing, you're already aligned, you're already working right. through their platform, you're already on the same page. That's the least amount of compromise you, you'll have to do, you know, because you because you're totally aligned. But with these other, you know, groups, you know, five years from now, they're they're going to want to get paid, so yep. they have to have liquidity of that. So let me ask you: that's the the question. Like I, I think there's things in our industry that 
if you look forward five years, you say, yeah, these things are going to happen, right? Like we know generative AI is going to be more present to help advisors and investors. We know that tech's playing a bigger role. We know that competition's getting harder. But if you look five years forward on, on this topic, right, where you've got now more $10 million firms, $25 million firms in terms of revenue, 100, and you're going to, you know, 250, $500 million firms. These are all growing now. And you, you start to say, okay, well, where are they going to end up? I think there's a lot of answers to that, uh, but it's going to be fascinating to see what comes about. My, my, my view is, and I, I want to hear yours, which is it's going to be fragmented. Yep. There's going to be these names that are getting bigger and bigger in the eyes of, I'll call it brand recognition and wealth management. Maybe reminiscent to the multiple providers of traditional services back 30, 40 years ago, right? Um, what's your view on that? Well, my, what's interesting, I think, is that you got to look back over the last 10 years, how much it's evolved. We, we've changed more in the last 10 years than we did in the previous 70 years. I mean, there's just been so much change. And the business has become really adaptable. And just like we were talking about in the beginning, all this equity talk, I don't know we'd be having this conversation five years ago because people had a different mindset. And today they lead with equity. So my expectation is that in five years, we'll be leading with the next thing. Things are happening faster. Information is coming faster. Technology is growing faster. So I'm as the I think these deals are evolving into uh, an ethos, right? So somewhere I always say we're moving to the middle, right? Everyone's kind of sharing this idea that the, the primacy of the advisor-client relationship, all the things that the independent movement sort of pushed, now everyone's agreeing. Yeah, this is where it should be. And I think when you have agreement like that, um, you are still going to see the bigger firms getting bigger because of scale. I think that you're right, you know, with that. Um, but I do think there'll there'll be room for these entrepreneurs on whatever that new thing is in five years. Whether there's they they figured out some kind of new equity scheme or they figured out something else, that that'll be there'll be room for those people to sort of jump in and blossom quickly. Agreed. Yeah, I think that'll happen. Um, and there, the the place that differentiation may start to come and show itself in my mind in the in these firms that are getting larger is culture right yeah. and I, I think this is behind a lot of what what you're saying you got people that are buying uh, and growing their business for the sake of growth yeah. and others are trying to build something that has meaning has client focus has advisor has employee culture and that employee culture piece and the culture around serving the client is what I'm noticing um, has deep roots in a lot of these advisor-driven strategic partner growth models. And so, and you, and you hope five years forward, that's still really alive and, and well, where the advisors brought over other advisors with similar mindset. Yeah, I think kind of the, the cat's out of the bag a little bit, right? I mean, the, the emperor's got no clothes. So advisors are voting with their feet for yeah. those kind of models that fit their cultural you know, things. So the question is going to be, is it going to be, how you use the word fragmented, how I think people agree generally along cultural lines, but not everybody agrees, you know, this is good culture for you. It's not for me. When I started in this business, our, uh, I, won't, I won't say the firm, but you could easily figure it out. Um, our... our <laughs> 
boss told us, he said, you know, I'm not your friend. I'm your boss. If you need a friend, get a dog. That was the culture of the, of the firm. Like, okay, I get it. We were afraid of him. But, you know, he used to actually keep our shoes in his office so that he could see when we were leaving at night because he'd be there. So, <laughs> we had to go back and get your shoes. In yeah. his office. You know, Never heard of that one kind of, Different kind of culture. For sure. And I, so I think advisors will kind of, you know, figure out for themselves where that, you know, where the, the good culture that they want, you know, is. They'll gravitate. Yeah. And it'll, that'll create the firm. Yes. You know, the ethos itself, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's self-fulfilling. Self-fulfilling. So, in terms of, um, you know, we did touch a little bit on it, and I, I just want to follow up with it. The you talked a little bit about, you know, firms growing because I do think that that's a big differentiator, right? So, a lot of firms we talk about these, you know, smaller entrepreneurial shops. Uh, certainly, the minority interest people they don't have an ecosystem typically that an advisor can plug into to help grow their business. And the smaller shops have to white label everything. They have to go out there and cobble, you know, cobble together. So from an advantage point, you know, Finet has this well capitalized firm, right? So what what are you what are you doing for folks, uh, you know, to help them grow? Because that does, of course, build the enterprise value faster than anything. No doubt about it. Um, a, a lot of things. And so when you ask the question, I think of um, we talked earlier that a lot of advisors have interest in growth yeah. because they're hearing about it from others. They hear this thing about enterprise value. Um, that's inorganic growth, right? So I'll, I'll give you the inorganic growth answer first, which is um, it's at the base level education. So we've recently had uh, two Fridays in a row, what we called a Finet Friday which is where we've invited our business owners to join on a, on a webinar like this one. Mm -hmm. And we're asking for people to join if they're interested in inorganic growth. And this could be, you know, we've, we've uh, sort of segmented these firms and we know those that wake up every morning and the owners are really act actively engaged in trying to recruit and grow. Others are more opportunistic where maybe there's, two to five advisors and they'd add that extra one if it was just perfect. And there's some that, you know, maybe they would take an advisor because they have a spare office, but it's not at all really what they think about. So we invite these advisors and business owners uh, in to talk about, depending on where you are, what do you need to be thinking about? Like, what are some of the best practices? We have other firms who are actively engaged with a lot of experience we have them sort of helping others understand how you can grow. What's important? That's critical. You, you can't, you want to hear from other guys that are doing it. You want to hear from advisors that are being successful, you know, men and women who, right. who have done it. They, they, that, I think that's the most important thing. And, and that builds culture. That builds culture, of course. It does. And then, you know, as, as you know, advisors love talking to advisors, business owners love talking to business owners. So we, you know, we see ourselves as a conduit to put all that together. Um, the most simple thing we do, which I talked about earlier, which is if firms want to grow, we help them by virtue of um, capital, you know, the recruiting capital. We help them uh, by virtue of uh, advice around deal models, deal structures. Uh, we find firms that are interested in expanding. You know, maybe they've got an opportunity to bring a firm on in a, a new market or a new uh, piece of real estate, how they might think about um, expanding via real estate. So just there's a lot we do in that world of inorganic. Um, we think we're in a in a really good spot there. It's probably the thing that, uh, in my mind, from 
again, haven't been here for two years, yeah. where there's an incredible amount of you know, momentum, right? Yeah. Uh, today, and you, you've probably seen this, but um, if you look at almost any provider, whether it's us or firms similar to us, the advisor that's interested in independence doesn't always want to hang their own shingle more today than ever. So there's a lot of, you know, quote unquote, tuck in activity happening. We, we try to support that and maybe, you know, be a, a place where we can help um, nourish that. So that, that's all good and, and well. And you know, the whole organic side of how do you just grow organically? There's, there's a lot there we talk to advisors about um, and we can get into that if you want to. But you know, there's just a, I think that not everybody wants to recruit or bolt on the next right. new advisor and you've got to be there uh, for them to say, how do you grow? It's, it's harder to grow today organically, I would argue, than it's ever been. And you know you got to have a great resource set. You've got to know how to go to market. You've got to know technology. how to technology. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, well, look, I, I want to end on a high low, high note. Believe it or not, it's, we've already done our twenty minutes or so. But but, but yeah. obviously, the, obviously, there's more to talk about. So uh, we could we could do this again. But appreciate your insights on on this stuff. It's a lot of fun. Thanks. It's been great to be here. Thanks, Tony. Thanks for joining us this week on An Industry in Transition. Make sure to visit our website, www.advisorhub.com, and subscribe to Advisor Hub. It's free, and you won't miss any advisor news or events. While you're on site, check out all the podcasts available. Click on the Deals Pages and Resources tab for valuable content, or check out the Market section with its guru predictions, latest fintech offerings, you name it. Feel free to email Tony Seriani about specific questions we can address on the show. He can be reached by email at contact at advisorhub.com. Please note that all requests and questions are handled with complete discretion and confidentiality. Thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next week for the next Industry in Transition episode.